Hello and welcome to the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 12 of our pay-per-view reviews and we're here to cover Unforgiven in your house 1998. How are you doing Stuart? It's always a pleasure to be back in that issue there. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as the show opens you know it's attitude there and time. You see the signs and you know. (laughs) I tell you what though, um, just kind of getting right into here, the opening package production, I thought it was so high quality. See, see, for the time, it was blowing anything WCW were doing, like, out the fucking water. Yeah, so it was like, um, so I'll, I'll get into the build-up to it, and then we'll talk about the, the intro package, because it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, a very WCW place, was it not? It was, that's, that's kind of a deep, deep NWA territory. Um, yeah. what, what did you think of the arena setting, like, it was nice, small, intimate. Like you were saying, yeah. twenty-one thousand. I mean, it looked huge. It looked double the size of the crowd. I thought, I was like, "Oh, this looks incredible." And then I remember yeah. this in your house, I'm like, this looks like a rumble <laughs> or something, mania. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, t- I, as I said, 24, 21,427 and a sellout. Twenty thousand two hundred sixty-eight paid. So only twelve hundred comps, which is actually really, oh, really bad. good. Um, a live gate of three hundred forty-one thousand two hundred seventy dollars. Um, average ticket price of about sixteen dollars eighty four cents. I mean, you could categorise as as a C show, and that's that's good numbers. Yeah. Incredible numbers. Yeah. Um, spent a total of one hundred and sixty five grand at the merch stalls. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just I know what I found. I thought I don't. <laughs> I know. Um, and so fantastic numbers off the back of WrestleMania fourteen. Um, and the and this pay per view did three hundred thousand pay per view buys. Again, not bad not for a, a C pay per view. Yeah, um, so this is a, an evening of first, so we get the first evening gown match, the first Inferno match, and the first time WWF used their new Scratch logo for, pro- for promotional purposes, easy for me to say, mm. um, which I thought was quite a cool idea, because yeah. I thought, oh, it's good to see when stuff like that comes yeah, in, because it, rebranding things yeah, costs a lot of money. <laughs> and it, it also freshens things up a wee bit. Yeah. We're going to shake things up around. <laughs> wow. Uh, so the In Your House pay-per-views, um, have we spoken about these before on the show? We have not. I don't really, th- no. So WWF sort of used these to transition into monthly pay-per-views. So if you remember back sort of in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, um, they had WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble. Uh, King of the Rings sort of came in as well. So they had, they had five big shows mm-hmm. for the year. Um, these shows would typically be charged about $30 um, for pay-per-view. So adding these pay-per-views in between, they would reduce, reduce the price to $15 at the start. I think it went up to 20 eventually. Um, just depending on the show and what was on it, etc. So it would make it more affordable and it would mean they could do one every month, um, which would make it more attractive to potential viewers as well in between because yeah. not every family wants to pay $20 a month or th- you only pay $30 a month, but if it's 15 or 20 you might think, yeah, I could, you know, I could afford that or stretch to that or whatever. Yeah, so definitely. This was, uh, was WWF reply to Bischoff doing the same WCW. He obviously kind of uh, was the first to go to the kind of five pay-per-views a year, then they went to kind of seven, then nine, then eventually... Kind of one every month. Um, do, you, do you think that? Well, I was going to say, do you think that idea worked? I mean, of course it did. Of because course, could it be about that now? Um, the theory, the theory was there, but Vince just fucking nailed it, man. He took the ball and <laughs> and ran to the moon, ran to the bank, ran to the vault. <laughs> <laughs> so of course the events would fade out. The in your house name, of course, would fade out. But normal pay per view events would take over. Um, and some of these names, Unforgiven here, would would be a mainstay. Um, I think 
backlash came from that as well. No way out definitely did. Um, so that's sort of how they, they, they transcended into the current pay-per-view format that we know now. Um, in, fact, in fact, they've probably overdone it now in the amount of pay-per-views yeah. that we get. Um, you know, you get one every three weeks now. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I remember that time, like 2016, 17, it was that <laughs> three-week build yeah. to the next pay-per-view. Like, oh, come on. Like Raw one, or SmackDown one. Raw one, SmackDown one. Then you had your joint pay-per-view and then NXT one thrown in there. Mm-hmm. And then once the Saudi show started to come in, I was like, oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> pay-per-views every second week. A lot of content um, to get through. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I was, you know, really, 1998 was a time where I was really watching wrestling. So, going back, and just everybody talks about the Attitude Era and how great it was and stuff like that. I mean, I have spoken about this a wee bit before as well. But when you go back and watch it, you realise that it probably wasn't that great. So, I, in hindsight. Yeah. Um, so, But was, in terms of what was over, it was over. Yeah, well, this, was, <laughs> this is kind of the time where... Um, I'd have been flicking between WWF and WCW at the time. And not to sound like a broken record, but the wrestling the wrestling quality was, was poor. Across the board, it absolutely was poor. They, they definitely relied on the characters and yeah. more so they relied on crowd reactions. <clears throat> now, what I mean by that is if you're watching a match and the crowd are dead, you're automatically not interested. Like modern day, if you think about it, if you're watching a match, and there's nothing happening to the crowd. You just uh, you're on your phone. You're you're on Facebook. Yep. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're you're not concentrating until you hear the pop. You hear the pop. You look up. It, yeah, you tune in. It's just how it is. The attitude there, there is just a stream of noise from the start <laughs> to the finish. It doesn't matter who it is. Fucking, yeah. um, I don't know. Just for example, um, well, not this paper view. This is like an example. But you're talking about something, obviously. The Austin thing, like the pop yeah. Austin gets, you know, you're looked up. You're, you're even out. even when we watched, you know, the what was the one we did? It was Goldust and the Blue Mini opened the show. They were fucking red hot for it, man. <laughs> yeah, and it was like you know the crowd was. You you just you, you and I think you look at things in a different way when the crowd react in a certain way. If you had to ask me on paper, go and watch this match. It is the Blue Mini versus Blue Dust. I would tell you quite quite um, harshly to fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> but but then, back then, people loved it. But then you watch it, and the crowd are in it, and you think, um, oh, my interest is peaked here. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll have a watch of this, absolutely. I, I find it really, really cool, actually. The reason we're talking a lot of the, at the start of the show here, by the way, is because there's not a lot to talk about on the show. So we're just <laughs> <laughs> sort of dissecting the attitude there before we get into the yeah, actual show itself. Why not? But, um, I think you've watched it yourself, but um, the, the recent um, Dark Side of the Ring on the Brawl for All, um, it was a couple of weeks ago, um, documentary. It was really, really good, but obviously it starts off talking about the attitude there and stuff and how it was based on the Springer show, and that's yeah. how Russo saw it. Yeah. Um, and it was just weird to think it was, you know how that links in because the crowd were just hot for absolutely everything. So if if they could relate to that and they show you, I think they show you a clip of like people like um, college students gathering around a small TV in like a dorm somewhere. Yeah, I think. And it's just like it's weird how that's that's what wrestling did back then. To yeah. That group, you know. I think, um, I think that's what Vince has always relied on. Um, it's kind of long been the case that Vince has believed that see people that get together on a Monday night and watch NFL. Yeah. See when the NFL season finishes. They'll stay together on a Monday night and watch Raw. Ah, right. That's yeah. always kind of been the mindset. But to, I always kind of disagree. But see, obviously, Russo kind of bangs on about this all the time that it was based on Jerry Springer. I don't think it was at all. It was based on WCW. WCW started to get realistic kind of around the 96, 97 era. Obviously, uh, when National Hall showed up, obviously, they started the kind of uh, the real names. They moved away from the cartoony characters and that kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that's what, and obviously, the influence of ECW, you cannot. 
deny that. Yeah, that, 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 like, that moved the needle. Absolutely. That definitely did move the needle. WWF yeah. just done it better on a bigger stage with a better production budget and a better leader, better overall leadership. Yeah, it's just how it's. So it's just sort of it's not, and that's the thing as well. That happens with quite a lot of things in life. It's not who does it first; it's who does it better. Exactly. It's like it's like mobile phones. You know, Apple and Samsung didn't make the first mobile phones, but damn hell, they got good at them. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's, it's that old. It's that old thing where it's, it doesn't matter who comes first; it's who you know who yeah, finishes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like England. It's like England with football, and it's like England with rugby, and it's like England with cricket, and it's like England with snooker. You know, I mean, they 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 invented it. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, we better get on with the show, I suppose. Um, so as you said, the opening promo package. So it highlights the feud between Undertaker and his brother Kane. Of course, we're getting the first infernal match in WWE history at this time. Um, it shows some slow highlights, and we hear and, and see quotes from Dante's poem of Inferno, which is really, really nice. It's quite a cool um, snippet, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed it as yeah, well. Nice. It, was, it was different. Um, as you said, it was saying at the times in terms of. Um, you know, it's not that you're, you're fast forward um, WrestleMania 18 and 17 stuff. Um, it was a bit slower than that, but yeah, it was but still really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we also see a small snippet of um, Vince, who's promised an event of catastrophic proportions will occur. Um, <laughs> and the main event gets a small look in um, a short clip I, I do love in Steve Austin. So that's sort of been put on the back burner, but in terms of selling the pay per view, yeah. I think the pay per view Inferno match is a big showcase, yeah. isn't it? Pay per view sold on the spectacle of the Inferno match. The main event, Dude Love Austin, is pretty much getting thought as an afterthought. It's like it's like a it's like a dark match main event. And yeah, watching it. Cynical, I'm happy. It's absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear the Fink's voice. I'm sure you've got yeah. something on him. Uh, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, the Fink obviously passed away um, just last week um, at the time of this episode goes out. Yeah, spoilers, um, we're recording batch. <laughs> <laughs> we might be on lockdown, but uh, we've still got busy lives. Um, yeah, so it was good to hear the Fink. Um, obviously, Heather Finkel is, uh, you know, I'm not going to do him too much credit here, but by me, you know, talking on about him. Um, but he is a legendary voice in wrestling, and it's hard to think of, you know, times when he wasn't there because I mean I remember even tuning in you know 2002 2003 mm-hmm. to Raw and he was there yeah. um, but obviously he was I think he was the first employee of Titan which is obviously when Vince took over um, from his dad I think he was the very okay. first employee um, underneath Vince McMahon Excellent. as well um, which is just a fantastic fact uh, brilliant <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. yeah but everybody who speaks about Fink- Howard Finkel says he was, he was a wonderful guy mm-hmm. um Great ring announcer in the business. One of the greatest, probably, ring announcers uh, in the business. He's Certainly, the best, most memorable. Just, uh, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, um, and and delightfully, he's a hall of famer, which is something well deserved. Very, very yeah. well deserved. Not a lot of people in those roles get put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think him and Mean Gene are maybe the only two that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, but just, just it goes to show how legendary he was, and you know thoughts and prayers to his family and stuff like that. Hundred percent, yeah. It's not going to be an easy time, so um, kind of, not quite sure how you segue on for that. But no, a very well kind of renowned nice guy of the business, so you know, fair play. Yeah. And I remember his stuff with uh, Lillian Garcia that he, he yeah. used to feud with. Um, they had a kind of a tuxedo match or some kind of stuff for uh-huh. uh, to see who the the top voice was on Raw and stuff like that. Like, stuff like that. You like to see that. It takes a well, break from the seriousness of wrestling. Do be something silly involving people that are actually on camera, people that you know and are already kind of invested in. Show them in a different light. Love yeah, I hate, I hate the, you know, the Captain Serious people on Twitter you see and anything that's just quirky 
they, they just shit on it. It's not very realistic. No, of course it's not. It's wrestling. That's why. That's what I love about wrestling so much. Yeah, but, uh, one, but... one of my favourite memories, I think, um, was um, with CM Punk. Oh, um, when yeah. he came back with Del Rio, Del Rio as his personal mm-hmm. ring announcement. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And he milked it. And you could tell he was genuinely emotional. <laughs> and, it, and it was just fantastic. And the commentators were pissing themselves laughing Aye, so how the, long the, he was taking. Yeah, the, the commentators were trying to bury how long he was taking, but they were so pop themselves that they just couldn't help. <laughs> nah, help I, I kind of... I, very, <laughs> I, 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 I can recall it like it was yesterday when he picked the mic up and he beat in. Yeah. And he was waiting about 10 seconds. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. Absolutely. Fond memories. Fond memories of the thing. So we have obviously some opening pyro, and JR brings us in. Um, I think it's just po- post his sort of first bout of bell palsy at this point. I have wrote um, that word for word. JR was looking rough, man. I think he's obviously his bell palsy had been playing up. He was looking. Wasn't looking yeah. great, unfortunately. I, I will say, though, it does not affect anything that he brought to the show. He was still on his game. Um, Constant professional, like just. He's the constant, isn't he? Like absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a commentator who has so much enthusiasm is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, Jerry the King Lawler beside him. Let's move on for that. <laughs> Especially uh, sitting next to that dick. <laughs> I, I know. He's enough to dry. He's enough to dry anybody's fucking paint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the arena looks absolutely packed, as we said at the start of the show. <laughs> Breathing we'll room. A blimp. Nah, what the fuck is that all about? Like, <laughs> if ever there was like a place not to put a blunt, it is in this packed arena. Like, holy how nineties? Like, oh, very nineties, isn't it? Uh, what was the sponsor? It was like two, three, two, two, one, two, three, or ten, ten, one, two, oh, three, ten. I, three, I just oh, assumed it was no. a good year blunt, man. I, I just seen blunt. I think good year. Blimp, <laughs> it's a dove. It's a dove blimp. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's um... a David Simpson's reference for you, though. <laughs> So, we are the nation that bellows, and it's time for the opening contest. Um, uh, didn't realise the Rock's theme song was based on the nation song. It's the same melody. Like, his original The Rock song. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ah, like, oh, fucking... I did, yeah, we, once song. I tuned in, I was like, ah, oh, it's yeah. actually exactly like his tune. Was it only it's got the We Are The Nation yeah, thing at the start. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fucking heat The Rock's getting here, man. Like, oh, yes. yes. Fantastic. <laughs> so, this is six-man tag action. Um, it's not the main event of Raw, I promise. Uh, the Rock, Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown, accompanied with Kama Mustafa. Who is the Godfather? Um, the Godfather, of course. This is Papa Shango. <laughs> Uh, and the good father, the favourite incarnation. <laughs> that guy, that guy who owns a strip club. Um, Legit. So, and they're up, they're up against um, a thrown together trio of Farouk, Ken Shamrock, and Steve Blackman. Right. Um, so you've said thrown together there, right? But right, seen last week's episode, I mentioned that um, obviously the world's greatest tag team plus Kurt Angle are like the most believable uh, kayfabe wrestling stable. <laughs> yes. Three of the like, like they're the most legit ass kicking trio man like obviously like Farouk's a big guy like Farouk's a tough motherfucker right but see if you take him out and add in Lesnar holy shit man like imagine they three lads walking through, <laughs> yeah imagine they three lads walking towards you in a dark a alley trifecta. you would shit yourself man About i think like, Sh- shamrock blackman and farouk are the three guys walking into a bar and no cunt fucking leaves like that's the <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of you know it's not a joke it's just a statement yeah absolutely <laughs> man. Uh, uh, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to piss these three guys off um so the storyline here centers around Farouk and The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Farouk, of course, was the leader of the Nation of Domination. Um, but with The Rock's ego growing after winning the Intercontinental Championship, being the only champion in the group, and of course his natural charisma, mm. um, it was only and you know you have there's that fantastic promo. I think it may have been No Way Out um, of this year, um, where he's just sort of standing there posing, and Farouk's cutting promos, and he keeps just giving him snidey looks and stuff yeah. like that. It's one of the best promos of The Rock's life, and he barely says a word. Mm-hmm. He just it's just facials, pure 
Oh, arrogance is fantastic. It's just his aura, isn't it? Um, what, yeah. What did you make of the nation? Do, do you have any kind of memories at all of the nation? Obviously, it's your... not not firsthand. So, um, so it's kind of a, like a, it's not a parody of you. It's like a it's a rip off of your kind of a, the Black Panther kind of movement in America, the kind of early nineties kind of a. Is Black Power the right phrase to use? I think it is. Like the, you know, I mean, the Black probably the yeah. Black Pride groups and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's always good to kind of see something like that. Um, yeah, they're not people get a bit touchy when you talk about stuff like that. Well, and do, it's really weird. But, but, but when you're talking about it in the sense that wrestling, I mean, wrestling based so much off of daft things that you know, real life things is what they would always centre storylines or groups or characters or yeah, gimmicks around. Yeah, definitely, because it worked. But it's not like <laughs> um, it's not like an offensive stereotype. It's not like fucking. Chad Gaspar and crime time here. It's like not. It's not. No. Let's not get the black guys together and have them doing crime. It's like they're they're uh, on a stage looking for respect. I'm like, fuck it, and they look good, man. They look. They all yeah. look good. I'm going to be marking out to Dilo, uh, <laughs> which you'll never hear me do again in my life. But he's the best no, in this match. Aye. Um... So obviously, for um, so basically, the nation had turned on Farouk. Um, yeah, was a storyline yeah, here, yeah. and then Shamrock had been involved with the Rock for the IC belt. So uh, Shamrock yeah. and Blackman had been put together because they're both martial artists. So it's kind of just been yeah, well, Black- you know, it's all sort of worked out. <laughs> I'm most certain Blackman's only just kind of in the company here. He's not long in the door. Uh, Shamrock had that match with the Rock for the IC belt, where Shamrock actually won, um, uh-huh. but he didn't release the submission for like another 30 seconds and then the referee reversed the decision and The Rock kept the belt. So was it, this was the WrestleMania match, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because uh, that that was the match where Farouk basically laughed at The Rock tapping out rather than help him as That's well. That's right. Mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. Which is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Mark Henry is an unbelievable shape. Uh, isn't it? It looks so young as well, doesn't it? First thing I noted as soon as I saw him, I'm like, Christ almighty! <laughs> your belly, went, mate? <laughs> oh my God, I forget how really. Also, you hear about our oh, world's strongest man, you know, you see him in his later years and you go, I only was. But I watched that and I think, oh, Christ, he probably was. Uh. <laughs> um, so I uh, Shamrock, Blackman, and Farouk entered to Shamrock's music, but Farouk yeah, sort of stood at the front. It was it was a weird very strange, duo, yeah. sort of. Um, as you said, man, Dilo was the so star of the show. Dilo yeah. is the star of the show. He's the only one kind of out of the six that's actually doing moves consistently. Um, he yep. snaps suplex is absolutely gorgeous. Um, he is pretty much gonna be face to face with Fruit because they're both wearing the same kind of gear. They both get the. It's like it's, 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 it's the it's the Ghanaian colours. It's the Pride Africa stripe, so it's the green, white, and the red on the black. Um, yeah. You'll note it from if you used to watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air back in the day. It's what Will used to wear all the time ah, as a tracksuit. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm old. What a reference! What a, yeah. I've, no, I've watched French Prince back. Don't worry. Nah, I watched it live. Uh, uh, so Farouk, like, can I, He's got a leather strap uh, doing his leggings, <clears throat> which I found weird, and he just goes to town whipping Dilo, whipping the fuck out of him. But the referee, like a government does, but the referee chooses to ignore the clear sounds <laughs> and actually seeing the <laughs> the last yeah. two whipping. Like, ah, just doesn't matter. <laughs> or, what was that? What was that whipping sound? Oh, is it that belt you had? No, is it that old Hogan thing? If it's part of his gear, it's all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't part of his gear. It was just, it was a. Uh, he wasn't wearing the belt. He took That's the belt. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was an accessory, if you will. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would also like to add, uh, Blackman's offense looks at bees knees. Like he, 
<laughs> he is good. Like it's not like Shane O'Mac punches. It's good. It actually right. looks good. <laughs> so I've got the exact opposite written in that. Uh, I thought whenever Blackman was in the ring, the exchanges were so sloppy. Right, you know I love Steve Blackman. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah. He's um. His unique offense, it's just untouchable. He's not a good wrestler, though. He's fucking dreadful in this match. Everything that he does falls to bits. He misses cues. He misses spots. He doesn't mm. sell. He doesn't know when to sell. He doesn't know uh, how no, to I, sell. I, I, I would say that his timing is really off. And uh, as you said, selling. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Blackman. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I did also enjoy Dio's big whoopsie missed elbow, which is just hilarious, man. You don't get up, boom, yeah. totally miss it. I thought, I thought Dio was really smooth. Uh, in the ring here, like, what's your what's your kind of thoughts on him? Um, do you think obviously he's a good, he's a solid hand, an absolute solid hand? Do you think the draws incident can I kill any sort of main event future deal had? I, th- I don't think I'd ever had that in mind for him. Do you, not, um, you always hear when Russo was there, like, Russo's a big fan of Dilo, that's why, like, he had the belt and stuff like that Well, Russo was there, because obviously that uh, European title run, he's had yeah. the IC title, he's always been kind of there or thereabouts, and you could argue this is a sort of main event viewed this. Yeah, I always thought he was really, really good, and I think he's one. Of, I just think he would always be a background player yeah. in there. Okay, okay. I mean, if you, if you, if you build him properly... Mm-hmm. You know, if you build anybody properly, you could put them in that picture. But I think he's definitely got. He definitely had the basis for yeah. it, and he was he was a decent enough promo, and he had the charisma. Thought, you know, he had he had it. He was all there. Got, I, I would I'm totally agree. He, also, he, he, he had the move set. He had the he had, you know the, the walk. You know, I mean, the kind of a the wee tick, yeah. the wee tick that he's got stuff like that. Like that's that kind of. Set it was different part. for everybody, wasn't it? It, it yeah. wasn't just a fact. It, it it basically wasn't Shamrock or Blackman who just walked to the ring and do nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I, I like Dilo. Um, it, yeah, it was a, it was but, the best. He was the best competitor in this match by a long. Oh, by far, mm-hmm. pro- and probably as the show goes on, he's probably one of the best wrestlers on the yeah, night definitely. in terms of actually wrestling. Um, so basically, the, the, the psychology here is basically is that Mark Henry and D'Lo work do the hard work, and then the Rock comes in, gets a bit yeah. of heat, and then leaves again. Um, he's got a ton of heat Yo. here. Um, the crowd are hot mm-hmm. and, and booing the show. Um, D'Lo has a lovely. Well, he doesn't hit it, but he goes up for a lovely moonsault with some great form. Yeah. Just again showing mm-hmm. that athleticism that he has. Um, Eventually, Farouk and, and The Rock get the tags, um, and so Farouk finally gets his hands on The Rock. Um, baby faces clean house. The Rock sneaks a DDT on Farouk for a two count. Um, the other guys battle to the outside, and Farouk hits The Rock with a clumsy looking oh, dominator. Shit, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for the three count. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get the win in 13 minutes, 32 seconds. Not a bad match. Uh, I didn't think it was a good opening match. I didn't. I, I, I expected more from Blackman. And Sh- Sh- Shamrock done nothing. Like he done Naughty. nothing. There was, there was a really weird moment earlier in the match. Did you see this? Um, where Farouk, where I think Shamrock went to tag Farouk in, mm-hmm. and he didn't even want to come in yet. Yeah. And then they both stood at the same side. Blackman of the came ring. in, and then mm-hmm. he was like, "No, no, I want." And then Farouk did come in. Yeah. I don't know if it was just too early or yeah. something, Mister Q, but it was really, really strange as well. Um, I, I just didn't feel like it clicked for me. Nah. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't all the way there. I don't think they tried an awful hard, a lot harder anyway than they should have done. Um, and as, as, like some of the six man tag we had last week, it felt like a rod. Yeah, game. definitely. Um, definitely. I mean, it worked. It culminated the angle. You know, Fruit, Fruit gets his heat back. Mm-hmm. He's won back. Um, and then he gets interviewed at ringside by Michael Cole. Um, I couldn't work out anything that he said, but I'm just. I just noted how long Cole has actually been there for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just b- found it really bizarre that we're in early mid nineteen ninety eight here, um, and there he is interviewing people. It's like Christ on me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only guy that's been there longer. As Vince. Um, <laughs> as Vince and what's his face uh, on the Spanish announcement? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Cabrera. Cabrera. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, it's like Christ Almighty. <laughs> and then uh, out comes WWF champion Stone Cold Steve Austin. Didn't expect this. <laughs> yeah, so comes out, cuts a promo, warns the timekeeper not to fuck with him later on, basically. And yep. Thanks, Stone Cold. <laughs> Back you go, <laughs> son. <laughs> I think I might be softened his, his, his uh, pop later on for later definitely, on. I think it was all pretty hefty. Nah, but... like... That's how people there to see him. You exactly, know? exactly. You, you didn't. Need I, I did note that, that um, there was a guy sitting next to the, the ring bell guy mm-hmm. um, who was absolutely pissing himself at Steve Austin, berating the dude. It was just <laughs> like because when they go to the outside and the guy sits back down, Austin goes back over and talks yeah. to him, and you can see the guy audibly pissing himself <laughs> laughing. Uh, and I just don't think I'm like, oh, that's hilarious, yeah. man. <laughs> Keep kiffing, brother. Um, yeah. We now see the lowering of a shark cage. Uh, <laughs> So at WrestleMania China was handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter to stop her being a part of Triple H's match. But that didn't work. So they decided to put China in a shark cage to prevent her. Um, Why don't just ban her for the arena? (laughs) That might have worked better. But wrestling. Um, So we're going to have Triple H versus Owen Hart for the European Championship. Um, Was delighted to see this match was going to be on the card. And then I watched it. It was the biggest disappointment uh, of this podcast yesterday. Wow, yeah. So this is Owen's first match for us as well, yeah. isn't it? Um, so, so basically the cage is out on the ramp, so Try inspects the cage um, <laughs> before Slaughter locks China in. Um, Not the first time China's been put in a cage with a fucking choker <laughs> in on neck, I'm sure of that. Fuck's sake. You can edit that out. I So uh, once China's locked in the cage, Owen attacks Triple H and they brawl for a bit. Basically, because China's not there to help him anymore, he can do whatever he likes. Um, so uh, they brawl for a wee while, um, and Triple H takes a suplex suit on the floor, which is only basically a thin carpet over concrete. Yeah. Not good. I put to myself, <laughs> even this early on in his career, Triple H just take the fucking bullshit shortcuts outside the ring. <laughs> fucking wrestling that ring, you lazy bastard. You're, you're wrestling Owen Hart here. Get in the ring. Yeah. So when they get in the ring, China goes up to the skies. Um, Eventually. It took the, a long uh, time. Uh, I did, and then the match. I wrote, I, wrote, I wrote the match gets going, and I wrote, well, not really, because I've already done a bit, so it's time to chill out. Um, we get Dragon Sleeper after Dragon Sleeper. Yeah, from you, Triple you H. might as well just go at the finish. That's <clears throat> yeah, it was just a dra- this match. That's what I'm saying. It's totally mm-hmm. disappointing because you expect a lot more from yeah. Owen Hart and Triple H when he's in there. Hundred percent, too slow pace for me. They aren't letting Owen fly around the ring like he can. They're not doing any of the. The kind of a technical map based stuff and it's not as if Triple yep. H can't keep up you're not going to blow up Triple H not a chance look no. at the guy he will... I think we, we we may have to say that obviously Bret Hart's left in November mm-hmm. Owen's the only one left I'm not sure if he's just reigning it nah, in it could, it yeah, could be that I, yeah. I would doubt that knowing Owen Hart mm-hmm. in, in terms of you know the fact that he was always maybe he's got, really maybe there, he's but... got some residual heat from Bret who knows who yeah. knows yeah um, it, it could have been one of many things yeah. Um, but just it was not a typical Bret Hart match, uh, own Hart yeah, match. Definitely. Sorry, um, let's put it that way. So um, we get. By the way, Triple H always likes to get get a catapulted into the ring post, didn't he? Is that just something he always every time, every match? <laughs> I think <I'm, laughs> whether it's on the outside or the inside, he just he likes that catapult. I'm thinking I'm going to um, say this every time. This is Triple H match on this podcast. He thinks he's Ric Flair. He is no Ric Flair. <laughs> every spot that he does. Is in some way related to Ric Flair or um, Harley Race. Harley Race, yeah. yeah. 
So the, the China's basically up in up in the cage, so she can't get out. But then she uses what looks like a nail file. Not sure how that helps her, but she bends the bar of the cage and starts hanging yeah, off. So, she hangs there for quite yeah, a while. So like throughout <laughs> the match, she's the kind of focus goes to her. She's got like a they, they come to her. So there's a nail file. It was like a chisel. It was like a wooden a wood mm-hmm. chisel, and she's trying to file away. Well, she's trying to chisel away the fucking um, the bar <laughs> of the cage. Sorry. Um, eventually, she, she drops it to the floor. Uh, fucking the director zooms in on it, and then they just try and sell. Pretty quickly as well. They, they don't yeah, absolutely shot. not. Obviously, they know it's that's that. Well, that's that's obviously the most in, interesting thing that's happening during this match is her trying to escape this yeah. cage. Uh, eventually, she uses her superhero fucking brute strength to um, to bend the bars because obviously, well, well, kayfabe. The cage is very very high. To the arena lights, so have the lights heated up the metal, and it's easier to expand. Oh, uh, get your fucking mm, notepad away! Yes, <laughs> I'll have a piece of that. <laughs> yeah. ah, fair enough. Only if only she had a magnifying glass. Um, <laughs> so, but for next part, she hangs there, and as we said, she hangs there for a while. <laughs> uh, she hangs there for a while, um, and to be fair, yeah, it takes a bit of strength to hang up there. Um, she is. Um, she's obviously built. But she's looking a lot better, man. She's kind of a she's starting to become a good looking good looking lady, you know what I mean? Um she's dropped the chiseled jaw look, you know what I mean? She's um Yeah. She's, she, she does have a lot of work done over her time has... as well, which was noticeable as you walk <laughs> if you watch it through the yeah. years. Um I think it was it was it Mania two thousand was one of her last matches. Whatever Mania it was. Two thousand one but she comes out in the pink gear. Ah, she's a big rocket cannon thing yeah, and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. Because um, if you look at that version of China and then the debut in China, totally different. Oh, totally, totally 100%, different. 100%. Um, so basically, the cage starts to get lowered. Um, they're starting to ask how the cage is being mm. lowered. And we get this really cool sort of shot through the crowd, the, the road dog just walking away from the pyrotechnics area. Um, which I just thought was really, really good because it was like, oh, look, it was road dog that did it and he just sort of disappears to the back. Yeah. So it was really, really quick mm. and abrupt. Commentators acknowledge it and that's how we know she got down. It was just one of those wee things where it only takes a second yeah. and then yeah. you've, got, you've got your reasoning. Um, so China gets up on the apron um, and distracts um, own heart. Um, so then backstage officials pour out referees, Sergeant Slaughter, um, they carry China out of there, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Owen, Owen does his catapult with Triple H and he hits the pedigree on Triple H, goes for the pinfall, um, but as the referee is distracted, trying to get rid of China, um, X-Pac comes in with a fire extinguisher for whatever reason. Um, that's the second time on this podcast he's come in with a strange object and cost somebody a match. It was a um, video camera during the Guerrero Malenko match, wasn't it? From Uncensored correct. 97? So that, that, that could be an ongoing theme for him. <laughs> what, X-Pac and his uh, objects? No thanks. Oh, man. <laughs> no one China's involved. Oh. <laughs> Oh, this episode's going downhill. <laughs> uh, Triple H covers him for the three uh, and, and, and steals the win. So, uh, an okay match. So, basically, the story is simply China and DX being the reason that Triple H holds on to the title, um, despite Slaughter's attempts um, to, to stop them from being degenerates. He cannot. Mm. Um, I think Triple H actually got the belt by Michael's just giving him it as a Christmas present, um, yeah. which, is, which is a wee note I read on as well. So, um, it's kind of like he shouldn't have that belt in the first place, yeah. sort of thing. Um, uh, I, thought, I uh, thought it was garbage, man. I expected yeah. a lot better. This should have been my worst match of the this night. Should have, this should have been <laughs> the match of the night, though. This should have been the show stealer. But yeah, nah, garbage. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really upset oh, with oh, you. And... 
<laughs> Owen cuts a promo um, saying he's sick of this bullshit, etc. Um, so we're, we're definitely in the attitude there. He's, he's saying swear words in the room. Um, <gasps> <laughs> JR's like, oh no, cut, cut, he's trying to get the cut away and stuff like that. He's like, oh no, we should be hearing this. <laughs> um, so this, this, I think these interview things are going to be a running theme post-match, so we'll just uh, move on. I don't think that adds much to the show. Anyway. No, nah, the, 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 the kind of a between-match segments were shit. They were worse than actual matches, so... Um, yeah. Let's go straight to match number three. <laughs> yes, James E. Cornett is introduced um, without a tennis racket. He's a bit more um, suited and booted these days because he is currently leading an NWA invasion. Um, so the WBF have made a deal with NWA to sort of feature their titles and some of their wrestlers on the show. Um, I, I don't really know what they came from, um, but it was just a, it was a, it was a fart in the wind anyway. Are you um, trying to tell me that acquisition of bombastic Bob Holly wasn't a reason <laughs> enough to have this coalition? I, I don't know. I don't know if that was reason enough, but I think the addition of Bod- Bodacious Bart was certainly... Um, <laughs> What, what real Vince McMahon it's like fucking um, bang bang bar <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is just like so that, okay let's just let's just get it out there okay so the match is the new Midnight Express the team of um, Bodacious Bart and Bombastic Bob who are um, that's Bart Gunn mm-hmm. and Bob Holly to you and I um, we'll face off with the Rock and Roll Express, Express the originals Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson for the NWA World Tag Team Championships <clears throat> Yeah, I've not laughed yet, so that's... Uh, so the, the original uh, Midnight was Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton back in the mid-80s. Um, so they've tried to recreate that by calling him the new Midnight Express. <laughs> now, this was during a, a time when WWE did this a few times, because remember they did it with the new Blackjacks mm, as well? Yep. And I think it was, was it Wyndham and um, Bradshaw? Bradshaw. Um, Blackjack Bradshaw. It just, you know what, taking a name and throwing you in front of it does not help you in uh, any way. You know what I mean? Just call them something else. If you call them the new, they want the old. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like new and improved doesn't help no, anything. It's just not. like you know, here's here's a group, and we're, we're trying to make them exactly like the old group, but they're new. And if they're not as good as the old guys, they ain't gonna get over. Yeah. Um, and then when you call them bombastic and bodacious, you, you totally take the goofy under them. Hundred um, percent. Did you did you like the gear and the hairdo? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, how nineties of you? It, it was, wasn't it? Um, Bright colours and long <laughs> mulleted perms. The, <laughs> the only thing that I liked in this match was the anti-pop that they got. I thought it was hilarious. Oh. You'd think that an arena in the Carolinas <laughs> featuring a match from the NWA would be over. Nah, yeah. absolutely not. No, they were interested in the Rock and Roll Express, who came out to a rip-off of Ultimate Warrior's theme song. It was um, the same kind of melody. <clears throat> Some kind of melody. Aye, that. That one. So Aye. they look absolutely ancient here. <laughs> and so they're only late thirties and forties. My balls. <laughs> they are about sixty. <laughs> I. No, well, I looked it up because they're sixty new and they're still fucking. Well, going. that's what I was going to um, say. These are the same tag belts that he, that they won in twenty nineteen. Oh, give me a fucking break, man! <laughs> what, is, what is this, man? Oh my goodness! Um, if you ever watched any of their sort of prime stuff, they were pretty decent, to be mm. fair. Um, I, you know, in, the, in their day, in terms of the way they they, they used to they used to roll, if you like, Carolinas. I am um, very, very, very good. Um, so 
I benefit of this was Jeff Jarrett was was more featured as well oh, um, at this point. Wow. Um, other talent that came over was Dan Severn and Barry Windham. Um, Aye, Dan Severn had um, time, so. Dan Severn had the UFC title at this point as well, didn't it, or whatever the equivalent it was. Oh, back was that then. right? He had all the belts. Yeah. He had the NWA belt. He had some fucking belt for Japan as well. He he just brought all the gold to WWE. All the gold. Good. So basically, Cornette would bring all these guys in, and then he 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 turned on the rock and roll and brought in the new midnight, um, because the rock and roll lost the titles to the headbangers. Um, so I, I can see how how prominently um, so, <laughs> shown the NWA guys. Were. So just to understand the the storyline here, Cornette has brought in an NWA invasion, and then he has turned on one of his teams that he's brought in for his NWA invasion. Is that what's happened? There? Yeah. Nice one. So he he brought in an NWA invasion and then invaded the NWA invasion by bringing in the U Midnight. So that's uh, uh that's that's the wrestling. Um, it was great to finish. <laughs> uh, so the best spot in the match was where uh, Jim Cornette comes in, uh, takes his jacket off, oh, and tells Tim White, "Put him up," uh, which I just pissed myself laughing. I had to pause uh, it. Uh, a... It was so cartoon. It was. That's um, what I wrote. Cornette's a cartoon brilliant. character. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then Tim White untucks his yeah. shirt and he puts them up. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was, you know, what? it was quite a good spot. But it took away all the focus for the four guys in yeah. the ring uh, and got the wrong guys over, got the referee and Jim mm-hmm. Cornette over. And I was just like, what is going on here? I like, um, I like there was a wee bit at the start that I, I actually enjoyed. That was probably my spot of the match. It was, um, I don't know who it was. I really don't know. It was one of them. It was one of the Midnight Express. Had been uh, smashed it to the outside and Cornette just up and hugs the two of them. A kind of right. group hug of solidarity. I thought, ah, that's brilliant stuff. Well done, Jim. Yeah. Well done, Jim. You know, he gets a lot of stick nowadays, and I'm not condoning anything he says. But what a what a wrestling mind he had yeah. in terms of being a manager, being one of the best. Mm-hmm. But you know, in any any shape, way, shape, or form, he just knew. Yeah, wrestling I like I like then. that you said had there. That was a nice uh, slip yes. of the tongue there. Awesome, it was intentional. Nah, I ah, like. You want to support the point too? <laughs> I like I like Jim Connor. He's a funny guy. Um, he's I, a bit kind <sighs> Nah, let's not bother. Let's move on. No. <clears throat> Match number four um, and another. First of the WWF history. Tell us, it. <sighs> Tell us all about it. Oh, sorry, I should get more excited here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this Sunday at In Your House Unforgiven, it's an evening gown match. Come and see titties. So that's Vince McMahon selling the evening gown match to the people in the boardroom. So um, we have Sable versus Luna Vachon. Uh, L- um, Luna Vachon sounds like she smokes 80 a day. <laughs> oh, I wrote 40, so I'm glad you... Uh, <laughs> I, wrote, uh, I wrote the 40 cigarettes a day voice. It works well. Yeah, it works with 80 filters. <laughs> yeah. Solid. Um, uh, so she is paired with the artist formerly known as Goldust, but he still has Goldust on the back of his robe. You've... He has gold dust without the name. He's the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. He's yeah, not gold it's dust. just bizarre. He's the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. But it's... Didn't make sense. it's weird thinking he's a background player in this. You know, like this is just the way it was back then. But Gold Dust, just thinking back at some of the stuff he did, it was fantastic. And you think he's uh... a background player in this? <laughs> not necessarily. Like... This is when he was getting led about as a kind of a not a gimp. Character, but he definitely had a pink gag in his mouth, and he dyed his hair blonde. And he oh, I recall images. I recall images. Um, <laughs> let's move on for that one then. <laughs> uh, Sable comes out. <clears throat> the place goes. Nuts How for Sable. the fuck is this untalented cow getting a pop like this? She right. So right, she's not titties. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll, you know what I mean? Like we'll get to that. They haven't been released yet. On the surface, she's not. <laughs> 
she's not like the best looking diva. Like if you look at somebody like Sunny, fucking gorgeous back in the day, Sable, not so much. Bit of a, I wouldn't say a brute like China, but she's certainly got a bit of, you know. She's very. Would you say she's very eighties looking? No, because I think eighties. I think with uh, the frizzy nah, hair, etc. If you say eighties, then I think about uh, Elizabeth, uh, who was good yeah, looking yeah. as well. Sable's just. I don't know. She's just she's a bit nah, she's a bit manly. She's a bit manly. You don't you don't see it yourself. So yeah. She doesn't acknowledge the crowd. She doesn't have any sex appeal. No, there's no charisma there no, at she, all. She like, just walks to the ring. There's no kind of a and walk you could tell like as she was walking to the ring, she was mapping out everything she's had yeah, her head. Yeah, definitely. You definitely. know, it's like you know you know how you get those promos nowadays where everybody's reading off a yeah, script and you can tell absolutely. they're not a pilot. That's what it was. She was just walking out to the ring, no even a wave to the crowd, a smile, a smug look, nothing just you know, yeah. plain sailing, um, focused on the match ahead. Mm-hmm. So basically, the, 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 the gimmick match of the evening gown match is to strip the other ones, keep evening gown off them. So they had gimmick yeah. evening gowns on so they could pull off the sleeves first. I thought, that was, I thought that was a pretty uh, good spot, to be fair. Although, yeah. the, the, they pulled the first sleeve off, which was good, and then they fucked up pulling the second one off. So I kind of ruined the spot. Um, Luna Vachon never tied her hair up. This is me talking psychology of an evening gown match, by the way. <laughs> if she tied her hair up, it would have made things a bit easier. Yeah, yeah. She kept just pulling her hair. I'm like, Christ, not yeah, me. She's exactly. going to have nothing exactly. on her head at the minute. Um, um, this match so, is. See, when someone says the attitude there of his quality, show them this. Ca- calling it a match. Fucking is embarrassment. A bit much. Yeah, it is. There is no wrestling involved. Um, no, so eventually. It, it takes about two minutes before you see any punching or kicking. It's just grabbing. Yeah, so um, yeah I mean. The spot that's coming up is what you were, what everybody was shooting this match for was to see Sable's tits. And I don't yep. care what you say, if that sounds misogynist or not. At the time, we are just reviewing the show. We are show. reviewing <laughs> the time that this happened in, it was 1998. Yep. Holy fuck, her tits are massive. I was actually like, you know, just as, as, a, as, a, as a heterosexual male, um, it was difficult not to tune in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but not in the sense like, oh, it was like, Holy fuck! Like, <laughs> they the fucking fuck? they got into the way of the sable bomb. She couldn't hit the sable bomb because her tits oh, were that big. Oh my god! I was mad. And the thing is, as well, like so, when you when you see people who have had boob jobs, right, or they have mm-hmm. like you know the, the push up tops yeah, the that hold them firmly mm-hmm. in place, mm-hmm. like her words, her was swinging for two to she was, um... and like so, like, you, all you, that was all you could. You could see, like, it's it's like, um, to use a, a cornet expression, it's like two dogs fucking in the street. It doesn't matter if you want to look at it or no, you're going to notice it. You know, <laughs> you're, going to, you're still going to look at it and go, that's two dogs fucking. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those ones where you just, you can't not look at it. Um, the views like, of Mark don't particularly that's represent this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those yeah. ones where it's like, holy fuck. Um, she was getting you know, a black eye treatment, basically. They were bouncing up and doing that hard. Uh, yeah, um, we also get an appearance from Mark Merrill, um, who comes down to complain about Sable's yeah, arse being out. So they, they, kind of Merrill's still doing the kind of jealous boyfriend shtick um, because Sable's yeah. getting more over than what he is. Um, Sable near enough kills Luna Vachon with a Sable bomb, as she usually does to everyone because she can't yeah. wrestle because she's talentless. Well, she's not talentless; she's got tits, but that is it. that is her yeah. talent. She's talentless in the wrestling sense but, of the word. But she fully admitted that, like she wasn't interested in wrestling; she literally just wanted. No. Fame and she got paid a fortune uh, for it. Sorry, Brock. I know she's with Brock. Lesnar, sorry, so Brock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, Sable emerges from under the ring with Luna. So, basically, Luna crawls away when she gets her gown yeah. taken off, and then Sable emerges with oh, yeah, Luna. Um, the underwear she was allegedly, allegedly yeah, wearing. Luna won this match, um, by the way, in two minutes. 15. So, Luna gets the win, um, and Sable gets to stand tall at the end for all the of course she did. Because so. the talentless cow needs to get a heat back. Garbage filler. Let's move on. 
Yeah, I, I said this match will never get a match rating from me. Um, but it was just it's so weird. It was, it was just so over back in the day. You kind of need to like, stand on its own, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I would rate this round about 38 double E. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> Some hilarity uh, will ensue. Uh, uh, next match, match five uh, New Age Outlaws versus not the Legion of Doom, it's LOD 2000 with Sunny. Oh my yes. god. The road dog shtick is well over here, man. Isn't it? Oh, you didn't know. Um, Effortless on the mic. I know, like, everybody always knows that road dog is good in the mic, but I think he's still underrated as how good he actually was. Incredible. Um, Especially compared to someone like Billy Gunn, who can't talk. Obviously, Billy was the wrestler, dog was the talker. Yep. Oh, he's fucking incredible. What an entertainer. Yeah. Is the word yeah. to, to put him in a bracket. You Definitely. Know? Definitely. Oh, just, and the thing is, well, he just lived and breathed mm-hmm. it. Um, how many times have you ever seen Road Dog slipping on a line? Never. You know, because, never. Well, you mentioned him snorting on a line, but never slipping on a line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, we're getting sued, uh, man. <laughs> hawk looking rough here, man. He, this is in the midst of his drug. Oh, policies. he's out his tits, um, man. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he picks uh, gun up at one point yeah. for a power slam and just drops him. Like, just, just slips off. Yeah. Like not even like where there was any power involved. They had him up on his shoulder and just sort of drops him. Yeah, poor Billy, man. He was like um, Hawk. Sorry, Ed, the proper deer caught in the headlights. Look, his eyes like lights are on. Closed. No one's home. Um, yeah. It was I. You know what, man? It's sad as well because, to be fair, the Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, whatever you want to call them, were incredibly over. Um, I guarantee they made a lot of money in the business. Um, and from what I hear, he wasn't a terrible guy personally. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, if you're talking ring politics and stuff like that, the Legion of Doom weren't the great in that sense of the word. Uh, they would go and beat not, people up and refuse to do not jobs. But, um, in the ring. <laughs> no, um, but in terms of being a nice guy, I've never read nice things about yeah. him. Um, and I think he did actually overcome it before his sad death in 2003, I think it was, he passed away. Yeah, so it's a sad tale for him. But, um... Yeah, another another strange one here that the crowd are dead for a team that done most of their work in that kind of region of the country. I found it very, very strange. That um, was bizarre. Obviously, yeah. I can add a younger crowd that don't really know much about these guys. Well, so, I mean, their entrance was over and Sonny was over, but once the bell rang... Sonny was over. I don't think they were. Um, Road Dog, you mentioned this last week about The Rock. Uh, Road Dog does the same kind of stutter kicks The Rock does. Did you notice that? Yeah. Nah, brilliant stuff, love it. <coughs> I love his, his, um, his shake, rattle and roll. Mm-hmm. You know, he does his wee legs yeah. and a wee dance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he shimmies and he's so quick as much, well. It's, um, it's so much better than Bubba Ray Dudley's kind of a dusty impression. You know, it is. It's <laughs> much better than that. <laughs> Is it is it a wee dance thing he does with the punches in yeah, it? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, um, so nothing really happens in this match apart from the, the outlaws work the knee of Animal and they just kind of mm-hmm. cut off the ring um, so Hawk can't get the tag. Um, when he eventually does get the tag, he's just a lumbering oaf. He just comes in. Yeah, I've, I've written those two words uh, exactly. Ah, yeah, it, was, it was difficult to watch this match. Um, again, as you said, the entertaining factor of the New Age Outlaws was, was, was the only real bonus. Um, yeah, it's like, in terms of wrestling, it was yeah. just, again, I, f- I felt like a house show. Yeah, absolutely. It was just, it was just you know, let's slow it down mm-hmm. and we'll get to the finish and get the pop at the end. Um, and it went 12 minutes, so, uh, though, which was fuck me, man. Yeah, so uh, I, I um, it would be win the tag titles or do they? So basically... Um, Hawk has a German suplex for the one, two, three, but um, 
the referee counts Hawk's shoulders because he doesn't bridge properly rather than the road dog. Uh, yeah, actually. so he gives suplex gun and you see Hawk kind of lying flat. Yeah, so he doesn't bridge properly. Do yeah, he didn't bridge properly, which I didn't really think getting of. I just thought, oh, lazy worker. Um, and yeah. then uh, obviously kind of worked that in the story. Nah, load of shit. Um, Billy yeah. Gunn was still the one. I mean, in terms of it being a creative finish, it was, but it just doesn't it make doesn't... sense because the referee can clearly see both shoulders down. They're not that far in... apart. Like, it's not like his angle was cut off. It was side on, he could in see Billy... it. Sorry, Hawk might not be bridged, but he still is the one performing the pin and manoeuvre. Yeah, and like that's the thing as well. He, I'm sure Jack Doan, not to speak ill of him, because he, he, he has some nice moments, mm-hmm. um, including being elbow dropped by Kevin Nash at WrestleMania 18, one of my favourite spots when he's you know he slides in the ring and just gets elbow dropped. Um, that has been pulled from over. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's, it's my, my favourite memory of Jack Doan as a referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's, it's one of those ones where like, if you've been a referee for so long, you know what a German suplex yeah. is. You know who is giving mm-hmm. and receiving the manoeuvre. Like you should know who's shoulder yeah. to count. It was just, it's yeah. just pathetically. Hopeless. Yep. So um, Road Warriors are celebrating the ring, um, and then obviously the decision goes in favour of the Outlaws, and then the Road Warriors get their heat back by destroying the referee with Sonny looking on directing traffic. Yep. So Jack Don gets hit with the devastation Which device. Shit. It's a yeah, so it's a Doomsday device, but they call it Devastation Device in WBF, is that correct? Uh, that's what I picked up on, because that's what JR called it, but I'm like, it's a Doomsday yes. Device, though, isn't it? Um, no, wasn't it Doomsday Device, the bulldog from up in the shoulders in the Devastation Device was the clothesline? Oh, you could be right, I'm uh, getting my devices mixed up. <laughs> um, I'm like expert. Yeah. Um, Let's quickly move on to my sex. <laughs> uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of sex references in this. Oh my gosh, is one, I suppose. Well. Um, so the Fink introduces Tennessee Lee. Um, you may also know him as Robert L. Parker. Um, Colonel Parker. From WCW. Colonel Parker. Yeah, Colonel Parker. Apologies. Um, <laughs> he introduces Sawyer Brown, who are an American country band. Um, Apparently they were all a part of Don King's road band at one time. Couldn't care less about that, but I just thought I'd look them up. Um, and they will be back in singers for. J E double F, J A double R, E double T. Um, so we get the Catherine Wheel style JJ promo pyro thing, which is just fantastic. It looks great. Um, and they sing as a country tune, really don't. It? It's also a band track, but <laughs> it's fucking gold. I love this. <laughs> ask me. I'm sitting there for four minutes, just bubbing my head, thinking it was hilarious. Ask, ask like, me what I thought of it. What'd you Didn't think of fucking it? watch it. Don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I I actually did enjoy it. Um, I quite enjoyed this version of Jarrett just for what it was. It was just taking the piss entirely. Um, right on my alley. Uh, I think Blackman comes out, beats up Jarrett, and then Tennessee really <laughs> hits him with a guitar, which was not gimmick yeah. in any way, shape, or form. So Blackman, Blackman didn't yeah. double duty. <laughs> what a worker, eh? <laughs> uh, but what did you say a little bit on about the selling? Did you see him selling the figure four? Uh, no, nobody no, did. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Uh, we got a wee one flare chant as well, which is quite good. Oh, nice. Sunday's finally over. Aye. Uh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> uh, bizarre. Uh, we then see Jerry Lawler with Mallows and Wieners, as our transatlantic cousins would call them. Um, he's ready for a barbecue and make some s'mores and shit like that, whatever Americans do with fire. Um, so, of course, that means it's time for the Inferno match. Um, Kane versus Undertaker uh, with Paul Bearer in his corner. Uh, so, we get another promo package, which is different from the opening mm-hmm. one, um, which is just sort of highlighting the sh- what's been happening through previous weeks. Um, so, obviously, Kane's debut at Bad Blood, ripping the door off the cell, which is probably still the best debut yeah, in history. Absolutely. Um, 
So he, he basically cost the Undertaker. The Undertaker would refuse to fight him um, until he would be buried in a casket and set on fire. Um, he popped into the afterlife to say hello to his parents and then came back to... He was now able to justify that he could fight his brother after refusing to do so for such a long time. Um, I love wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> wrestling without context. Yeah, Imagine so, trying to explain that to someone who's not wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Taker would win at WrestleMania. Um but Kane would take him after the match, so they sort of feud would mm-hmm. go on a little bit longer. Bera would propose they had an inferno match. Um, it would be later called a Ring of Fire in the Bray Wyatt Kane feud. Kane has been in all five inferno matches in WWE, which is a fun fact. Um, of course, he has. It's his match. <laughs> um, now, I can only name you three. That would be the Bray Wyatt uh, one, the Taker one, and MVP. <laughs> that was my three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, MVP was the one I thought you might be winning. No, I, no. I don't, I don't remember the other nah. two. Um, uh, no, should have more. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on, I'll look up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the storyline we continue with Kane and Bearer um, desecrating their parents' tombstones um, and setting their cof- one of their coffins on fire before choke slamming Kane, uh, Undertaker through the other, um, which would light a fire. No pun intended. Yeah. Undertaker, also no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> And we see him on the rampage um, going up to this match. So, um, Undertaker is ready to go. Um, and so, do you remember this at the time and being intrigued yeah, by so, it? Yeah, so like, I was always a big fan of the feud. Like In terms of, if I didn't know anything about the storyline, if you had to just show me a, a match graphic that had the Undertaker versus Kane, I'd be like, yes, I'm watching that. Look at yeah, these two fucking, awesome. look at these two guys, fucking huge monsters that are going to go toe-to-toe. Absolutely. That's the, that's that's the people you sold for me absolutely. You then yeah. add in the storyline of obviously the history to them, the kind of uh, the burning of Kane when he was a kid. Then that obviously leads to the stipulation being the Inferno match. That kind of comes full circle. because yeah, we are now hitting about seven or eight months of this storyline, isn't we? Like six or seven months of yes, the story as well. So right. it's... and that's with kind of various things happening. Obviously, Taker's been off TV for a while. Uh, Kane's just kind of running amok. Uh, on obviously in the lead up to Mania, Kane's just destroying everybody until Taker uh, eventually agrees to have a match with him. So that kind of stuff. And just the aesthetic of this match is... They did so many cool mm-hmm. things up to this yeah. point. And then, then the, match the fact that they tell you the ring's going to be on fire. And you, you just back there, you have to think, I mean, this has never been no. done before. Or I think it had been done in like Puerto Rico or something, right? Yes, I've done my research in that oh, regard man. as well. But in terms of the mainstream... Yeah. A mainstream American you know, audience, this has never been seen before. You know, it was just like a bizarre concept. And they promised somebody was going to get set mm. on fire. That is enough to sell to anybody. 100%. Especially in the actual era where, you know, stuff like... Crazy shit like that was over. Yeah, um, yeah just... just Brilliant eye, brilliant setting for it all. Um, so we see, and it's basically like sort of like gas bars that's connected yeah, to the ring post. So it's yeah. about a foot or so from the ropes, mm-hmm. um, but still pretty close. Oh, um, I mean, imagine being in the, right. Remember when we went to Raw in the Hydro, yeah, and Kane's pyro hit, and we must have been, yeah, we were hard cam side, or yeah, we side. were hard cam side, round about the middle. So if you kind of take into consideration that distance from the old school Raw ramp. No, the old, no, the old school raw ramp. Go at least thirty feet. Away. At least thirty feet away, and you could yeah. still feel the the heat coming off it. Imagine uh, being sitting for JR and fucking Lawler sitting, man. Yeah, and and Kane Undertaker, two big guys, right? Not exactly cardio specialists, no, no. and they're wearing full attire bodysuits. Kane's in a big latex thing and a mask. Mm-hmm. And then Taker's got a full body suit on. Bearer's outside on a suit. Um, Lawler and JR are right next to there. And even the people in the yeah, front row must have been yeah. roasting. 
you could, it, must, I, I, it must have been fucking warm. Um, Taker goes up for old school, and as he jumps off and lands, the sort of flames fly up. It was the first time you see that sort of cool yeah. effect that when they hit the mat hard, the, the flames go yeah. higher. Um, so it's just a, a nice addition. It, it looked absolutely um, smashing, but it was really inconsistent throughout the rest of the match. And but what I mean by that is the flames were coming up. So obviously the guys at ringside hitting a button, and the flames go up. Yeah, and you see them later on as well. Yeah, so the flame kind of goes up to the 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 height of the top rope. Uh, just kind of try to envision this picture. Just go watch the match. Fuck's sake! Don't yes. let me just say I'm shit at it. Um, so Kane is like punching and kicking the ticket, but the flames still yeah. go up. I didn't like that at so, all. Aye, because basically what's happening. No, I, no, at the start, I thought maybe there's like an actual sensor mm-hmm. where, like, if yeah. there's impact on yeah. the ring, that it's sending it up because he's obviously yeah, stomping course, when he's course, throwing the punches and that. And I'm thinking maybe that's what's yeah. setting it off. It should just be when they, they have a big lander on the mat that it goes up, you know, yeah. um, just to add impact and make it look more impactful. And it, it worked really well at the times when they did mm-hmm. it right. But I know what you mean. There was a, they did it, it too just, much. Yeah. It should have been because they had a big superplex at one point where they should have done it. Um, but um, we also got a chair shot to the head, which means we're in the attitude era. Mm-hmm. Um, Bearer's a good garnish to the yeah. match, I think. Um, he's just saying he's dabbing his head because he's sweating yeah. because he's fat. He, um, um, he adds the comic relief. Uh, he's out, he's outside sweating because he's fat. Uh, Jerry Law's outside sweating because the cops are in his locker room. <laughs> um, do you think Bearer gets overlooked in terms of great managers? Probably gets a, just about the recognition he deserves. Maybe maybe slightly so. underrated. Do you think it was maybe because like obviously he was stuck in the gimmick yeah, as well that he, uh, he doesn't get that yeah, great manager thing because it was. He's also. I mean, he, he breathed that gimmick yeah, really he did, well. He did. But, his hands were tied in to a certain degree as well. Yeah, so it was kind of limited to who he could manage, whereas somebody like uh, Mr. Fuji, who had a, a strong gimmick, he could still manage yeah. anyone. But Yeah, and similarly like your Cornets and Heenans, I mean, that's the two that people always bring up in terms of great managers. Yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't say Berra was any worse than those two. It was just obviously the stuck gimmick, in the gimmick he was yeah. in. He was, yeah, he was stuck there. Um, so we get... Um, Kane gets thrown out of the ring. Um over the top of the mm-hmm. fire, doesn't it get burnt? Um, and Undertaker can't get out of the ring because of the flames. Um, if only so it, it was... he had a high spot move that he does in every match. <laughs> so, surprise appearance um, from Big it's Van Vader. Um, mm-hmm. very, I was quite surprised, to be honest, to see him come out. Yeah, I don't, um, know, I don't know what the storyline has been. I'm just going to guess that he was jealous of Kane's mask because it was so much better than his. <laughs> and they're off for the locker room just taking the piss at each other that's a bullshit mess brother um, so I don't know where Hogan came from I thought he was in WCW this time so <coughs> Taker then hits his big dive onto both men which I've got to be honest uh, that was nice. awesome with the fire yeah, and stuff definitely. like that it was great um, sorry to break no no it looked good it looked good right so in a match where the ring surrounded by fire he still manages a way to find to throw it out saying oh you're a dick <laughs> You, Mark. Fucking <laughs> brilliant. Oh, I knew you'd pick up on that. I put in brackets there. Uh, sure, we'll pick up on the brawling to the outside. <laughs> it made, I was just waiting on it. it yeah, it made long. sense. So, uh, obviously, Kane's been um, quote-unquote knocked out and he somehow managed to roll towards the ring and only his arm is under the ring. And I, I to double-take it, I'm like, oh, right, so they're preparing his arm. Obviously, I know what the finish was. So, they're preparing his arm to get lit in fire while Undertaker and Paul Bear are uh, brawling towards the the band area and uh, <laughs> Paul Bear gets smashed with the, oh with the big drum God, with the bass drum, drum. Big mm-hmm. drum uh, you'd call uh, it a big drum wouldn't you it's a bass <laughs> drum um, so he gets that <laughs> 
<laughs> we button. Um, he gets absolutely spot like a kipper, uh, which I think was hard way. Um, I know that I know it's only just a kind of bit of material, but it looked pretty solid. It's like it must be like plastic. It's not an even. It's not like you can hit with a flat no, surface. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and then he gets stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> he gets stabbed yeah. with a, a mic stand. Uh, did you did you like the, the the see if you put comedy music over the chase? It'd be oh, you know, yeah. Benny Hill in that would be lovely. <laughs> uh, so Taker uh, worked his way back down towards Kane, who's still under the ring getting prepared. And <laughs> did you like when he when Kane finally finally came up, his arms wrapped in cling film? <laughs> yeah, it was so obvious. Like I thought that what they might have done was just gimmicked his actual yeah, suit, yeah. so that they could they could just have put mm. a thing in the sleeve because obviously they did that thing on Raw where they had a guy and they actually set yeah. him on fire. Um, but obviously there's like a suit you can wear underneath and it just stops you yeah, getting burned. Yeah, but um, basically. Yeah, mm. I, I thought they maybe they'd done mm. that. Um, but they didn't. Uh, so Kane gets sort of pushed into the, the flames, and his arm gets set on fire with the cling film. Yeah. Um, and he rushes back to the. It was quite. It's quite a cool visual. Um, he's running away with his arm on fire, and he doesn't really know what mm-hmm. to do with it and stuff like that. Um, you can see back at him, Gorilla, that they've they've opened up the curtains so wide he so he can get yeah. through, and there's nobody in sight. Like, oh, he's fucking mm-hmm. rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just imagines Vince directing traffic. There's a man on fire. Get out the fucking way. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you can you can picture that one. Um, I really enjoyed this for what it was. Um, in terms of like creativity and just being something that hadn't been done before, I was really, really, I really enjoyed it. I, I found myself tuned in and you know um, getting into the match, despite the fact that the, you know the, it, was, it certainly wasn't a great wrestling. Um, you know, it was it wasn't overly good in that in the ring portion of it. Um, but the effects and the storyline and you know the whole promise that somebody was going to get set alight, you're wondering how they were going to do it, etc. I thought it was really, really good. I quite enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm not watching an Inferno match for a five-star technical masterpiece. Um, no. The wrestling was a bit shit, but you have to give the two lads credit. They are working in extremely dangerous uh, circumstances and environment. They need to be careful what to do. Fair play to them. They took the risks. They were in the corner a lot, doing spots in there. Taker went uh, done old school, taking more risks um, for what it was. Ah, fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. The the aesthetic of the match is better than the match, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a, a certainly a story based match. You you really need to sort of if if you are a you know a, a guy who just loves technical mm-hmm. wrestling and five star matches etc. This isn't for you, but if you really enjoy like a, a cartoony storyline driven match, a gimmick, a big time yeah. big time gimmick match. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I gave it a you know, triple thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. absolutely a match that represents the character of Kane. Obviously, Taker's got his buried alive matches in Hell in a Cell. The Inferno match is obviously because um, they're in history with Kane. Uh, speaking yeah. of... And, uh, you know, the, the fact that it was unprecedented yeah, exactly. as well was just something you have to bear, bear in mind, you know, because it's like when you do the first of something, you have you have to set a bar. Yeah. Because if it's shit, they'll never exactly. do it again. It's like the Punjabi prison yeah. match. They did it once and it was shit. And it was like, why would you ever do it? And did it a couple of times later to try and garnish it. But that, that, that stipulation is dead in the water. So if you did that with the Inferno match and you bottled it, you wouldn't get anything exactly. out of it again. And, and, and so, they did it another another four times, Mark. Do you know who, do you yes, know who, I believe. Do you know who it was with? <laughs> who, uh, who, who was in so, the other um, four matches? <laughs> so the next one was Taker, who won again. The next one was Triple H, who once again defeated Kane, and the fourth one was MVP. And then Kane finally got the win. 
Well, Kane finally got the win, and then Bray Wyatt beat him in a Ring of Fire match, and, which wasn't a fair match. So. Yeah, very good. There we go. It's great knowledge. Yeah. Sure. Um, Poor Kane. He is uh, a <laughs> one, <laughs> one for four in his own match. <laughs> in his own that match. Is, uh, that's a, that's that's a curse of your uh, own match. Uh, how many how many Bray Wyatt matches has Taker won? <clears throat> I'll get, I'll research that. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on the show. Um, <laughs> So it's it's main event time. It's um, dark match main event time. <laughs> so Steve Austin versus Dude Love for the WWF Championship. Of course, Dude Love um, another Mick Foley alter ego. It certainly is worst in my opinion. Yes, um, the, if <laughs> if marijuana was a person, fucking <laughs> Dude Love <laughs> pulled up in his camper van, his VW camper van <laughs> um, with flower vinyl stickers on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and a big ladder attached to the side so he can jump off his stuff for a laugh. Um, so this is in the heat of Austin McMahon. It's it's very much in the so I see maybe the warming up phase of Austin mm-hmm. McMahon. Um, not quite the peak, but not not quite the early early stages. Um, so Steve Austin beat HBK at WrestleMania uh, with the help of Mike Tyson. Um, McMahon had said if Austin wins the title, it would be a PR disaster or a PR nightmare, I believe. Mm-hmm. Put it. Um, Really, really good story. There was that great bit on Raw where Austin, Austin turns up in a suit, um, poses for a picture with Vince McMahon with the title, and then just turns it back to himself and it's all a ruse, stuns him, stuff. That was a fantastic Raw. Um, if you ever watched that segment, just brilliant. Austin McMahon segments from any time in the were always brilliant. Um, but the more and more times we dive into that, there, it makes me realise that people were only there to see Austin and McMahon. Like, see yeah. that glass shot? But the, but the thing is, the difference then was they would brave a two-hour yeah. show to watch it. Nowadays, people will just get the highlights yeah, later exactly. on. That you know? glass shattern is what these people are in that crowd for. It's all yep. they're waiting for is to hear the smash and they're fucking erupting, yep. man. They are hot. You, you notice it as well, because after the Luff's entrance from Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, which I'm not sure if it's a real place or not, um, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I heard that introduction, I'm like, where? <laughs> <laughs> um, just before we obviously move into the Austin, because um, this is very much in the height of Austin, he's just won the belt, etc. I did not dig the gimmick that did love. Um, Mankind was great, Cactus Jack was brilliant. Um, just playing Mick Foley mm-hmm. was good, but I just didn't get Dude I don't love. think Dude, a, Dude just... Love's not a main event character. I like the stuff seeing when he was tagging with Austin, uh, and it uh-huh. was just a bit of silliness. It was the the kind of opposites attracting that worked this doesn't work here um no it, it, it just it felt i just felt like in the yeah. wrong place um and this this main event made it feel like a seashell you know what i mean i just said i made it feel like it was a obviously you've got your champion and you've got the most over guy in the company but you throw him out with dude love and it just it felt it just felt it, like that is, and especially um, working the heel that's like, not a dig um, in foley whatsoever absolutely not because mick foley is one of the best wrestlers and fucking draws ever in wrestling but yeah. this character is not a main event character. Cactus Jack no, absolutely not. In this ca- a heel Cactus Jack in this role would have made this better because they can definitely that can right Austin right. He's hardly you could you could have, you could have brought him in as um, Vince McMahon's hired this hardcore yeah. guy and he's paying him money to take Austin out and take yeah, the belt away from Austin and give it back to him. That's sort of like a bounty, a bounty hunter. Perfect. I feel like you know what I mean. Like, perfect, absolutely perfect because he's. I mean, the old T-shirts, the old uh, Wanted Dead or Alive T-shirts, that's very yeah, Wild yeah, West, yeah. isn't it? You know what I mean? Kind of come in as the, as, yep. as you say, Bounty And they, they could have done that. They could have done that and they could have came in and they could have unveiled Austin's face on that T-shirt. Mm-hmm. 
because he had a show that sold a shit ton of merch with Austin's face go. on it. And at the same time, he's like, you know, I'm here to take it to Austin for McMahon, etc. I'm to claim this bounty, something like that, you know, just to space yeah, it up match. a bit, especially in the and heat of the actually. It means they could have had a hardcore match, but the, which would have suited Austin more. Because yeah. Austin's so, not a good wrestler. He's a you know he's a punchy kick. Oh well, he's well, a, well, well, he's a well. punchy kicky guy. He's not a fucking. He doesn't wrestle like The Rock or Triple H do. But on the flip side of that, he's also more over than anyone's ever been in wrestling. Right, we're, we're we're now in episode twelve of the the podcast, and it's time for me and Stuart's first argument. <laughs> um, the honeymoon period right, is over. <laughs> Austin is not a bad wrestler. He just changed his style after his neck injury so he was more of a brawler type that was that was what I was the point I was going to I drive mean, home there because... JR made that point and I heard it and fuck you for copying JR <laughs> no absolutely yeah, not bro. because absolutely not if you ever watched back even the ringmaster um with Austin matches or his WCW stuff Austin was a good wrestler Austin Austin wrestled um rather than did this and that's why you know when I watched back this era of Austin I'm like, Christy Bush just punch, he was very punch kicky. You know what I mean? He was just, that's all he did. Um, but you watch back some of his earlier stuff and you see him do some actual moves. You think, right. oh, he could wrestle, he could right, go. Okay. Here's but, your homework then. You find me a match that Austin. <laughs> you find me a good wrestling match that Austin does that is going to be more entertaining than an Austin promo from the late 90s. Challenge thrown down, son. Challenge denied. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think that's going. You know, what, I'll give, you give it a go. Week, but I might just come on here next week and. Uh, Lighten me. <laughs> yep. And uh, yep. Um, there may not, there may not be an episode next week. <laughs> be a special for the first round. I'm sure there'll, there'll be a special guest. <laughs> I'm going to be invited back. Um, did you like um, Jr. continuously getting over the history of other companies? So he was continually making digs to Bischoff, saying that the two of them would never draw a dime. Fucking yeah, the black trunk stuff it. as well. Didn't he? he said, "Oh, you never, yeah. you never draw with, with yeah. black trunks on." Oh, really, really. Sh- so sweet. you obviously <laughs> you only ever hear the winner side of stuff. So you only ever hear the bad stuff that WCW done, kind of giving away the results, bad mouthing them on TV and stuff like that. You have to remember WWF are doing it as well. You just yeah. never. That was job for job, wasn't it? Yeah, you just never hear about it. Obviously, they weren't giving away results, but they were fucking laying the digs into them on their live show. Which I yeah. think was brilliant. And I, and I sort of wear it enough at times, but I. Uh, it, it started so, and uh, then it just. JR yeah, just stopped caring. <laughs> no. Fuck you, Bischoff. Uh, <laughs> fuck these guys, they sacked me. Um, so, we, uh, there is a few There's spots. There's one spot. Um, <laughs> Austin throws Foley off the stage onto the concrete. Uh, a human body has just hit uh, on concrete. JR yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, was overly enthusiastic for this. Um, and there was also a suplex on the outside where the love's and legs just get yeah. draped over the steel yeah. steps. It's like not the flat no, no, steel no, steps. No. They want to take it apart on any means. And it, it was just it. Oh, it was mm. awkward. Look good. Look good um, though. Look painful. Uh, there is. It is no wonder he struggles to walk properly nowadays, man. I think I may say that every time I watch yeah. a Foley match, yeah. but he takes ridiculous he bumps. He um, his, and a B show match. He put his body on it's, the line for a career. And you know, fair yeah, it's, I mean it worked for him, but it's just crazy to watch and think. Why are you doing that every time you go out there, you know? Um, so McMahon does come down at some point with his stooges, uh, Pat Patterson and Briscoe, and JR berates them, and you can tell he's just doing that for pure mm. banter. Um, he's just like, of course, Pat Patterson's going to sit a chair yeah, down for him and wipe it. The stooges are brilliant. Uh, yeah. and... There's a horrible... Point here. So just before Vince comes down, you see Austin on like a sleeper, and he just spits and he spits right in Kyoto's yeah. face. It is fucking mm. gross. 
I picked it up and I was like, that is disgusting, man. (laughs) You see, you're like like, wiping it. I'm like, that is absolutely disgusting, Austin. There's just something that sometimes you pick things up. Um, There's a really good spot as well um, where um, Dude Love's got the Adorno stretch on Austin Mm -hmm. and Vince is telling the timekeeper to ring the bell. But then Austin reverses it and gets one of his own. And Vince just like, oh, no, no, no. He just sort of sits down and acts innocent. I thought it was really, really good. That'll be Um, his only wrestling move in this match then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, that'll be aye, that's WrestleMania number one. <laughs> um we get ah oh, where are we So oh, we get a funny bit as well where um McMahon goes up and starts berating Austin and then gets chased up the ramp. Um which I just I always find hilarious seeing McMahon shouting at people because it just looks like he's he's yeah. mad. <laughs> he just looks yeah. mental. Like you can imagine it you can imagine get, what getting chewed mm-hmm. out backstage would yep. be like when you go back there and you have a stinker. I, like, <laughs> just make man oh his eyes are poppy his fucking It's very head. much the like, Alex Ferguson hairdryer treatment and it like just magnified an insane level. Yeah, yeah. brilliant stuff. It's ridiculous. Um so the ref gets knocked out in the ring. Um we go to the outside Austin gets a chair and he goes to hit Foley, but he hits McMahon. Well, he's probably, has, he, has he went to hit McMahon? Has he went to hit Foley? You need to find out the next night on Raw. Um, so Austin stuns Foley, counts to pin himself because the referee's out. Right. Um, and he's, they, they play his music, which right. is just... So let's talk about this for a wee second. Over. So Stone Cold <laughs> is so over that he has got um, officiating powers <laughs> that he can count his own pinfall. <laughs> What is this shape, man? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> you know, hell, man. Uh, I actually thought it was the best year of all time. Uh, it, just, <laughs> it, just, it, it just culminated this fucking match. It's been terrible, man. Like this, yeah. That's it was a really, really cool match. match. Like, uh, in, in this kind of match-up, Stone Cold doesn't look great. Um, no. But what, what I, did, I did, and I made the point to you... Um, when you're that over, yeah, it doesn't matter. Either. You can yeah. do whatever 100%. you like. Hundred percent. You know, he he's not thinking. I want people to watch this back in years' time and think about what a great yeah. match this was. He's thinking, I'm going out there and getting the pops mm-hmm. of this crowd that going to give me because the crowd are hot for him. So you know, fair play to him. I mean, Hogan did it for long enough yeah. as well. Um, you know, but he's good there. Do the bare minimum. Hit his comeback. Hit the, hit the big leg drop and game yeah. over. Hogan must pose. You know what I mean? Like that was it. Like f- for Austin, that was all it was. You know, go out there, get the job done, and, and pose yeah. at the end. A few beers, obviously. Never done that tonight. Um, he was. Um, Jerry Briscoe tells the announcer, "The think, of course, that it's, um, Austin has been DQ'd and do love wins." Um, I think it's for hitting hit me, man, with the chair was actually what the DQ was for because he's headed for a strike in a WWE no, official. He, he, and I'm like, well, dude, love is the one no, I'm not for I'm pretty sure so. Austin has lined them by mistake. I'm oh, more than sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was a bit confused that myself. Then I thought to myself, oh, yeah, Austin. Because Fo- uh, Foley ducked the clothesline and Austin took him out. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, so, I, I mean, it, it, it told a story, but it just it wasn't great. Um, it landed to a certain extent. It landed to that, to that crowd mm-hmm. then. Um, but it, it was no over with me. <laughs> uh, so, I thought that show was okay. Um, you know, the first two matches were solid. Um, I thought the sharp tank match thing was. I, I think it's an intriguing feature of that, but it, it was. It was again. It felt the match really fell flat for me. Um, NWA tag title match was very house show like. Um, very much palate cleansing on a house show. Um, could have done without the evening gown match. It was over to to be fair to it. Um, Outlaws and Warriors, eh, okay. Inferno match. Really enjoyed it. Really dried the show grade up for me. Um, main event. It was it was decent enough, but you expect more. Um, I don't know if it's sort of because of the names that are in there. The expectations were higher, so that's how it fell so short. I'm not sure. Um, but there was not any great wrestling on this show. 
I wrote there was almost zero great wrestling on this show. It was all okay to good, but nothing blew me away. All character-based, story-driven stuff. Um, in that regard, if that's what they were aiming for, it delivered in terms of, you know, telling stories and delivering on good characters and, and sort of, you know, they hit the heights with some of them, like, you know, the Undertaker King stuff. Austin was incredibly over. Um, the European title match did its job, but I like a great, just a great wrestling match dropped in here or there just to... Sp- you know, give me something else in the middle. Give me some, that variety. You know, it felt like it was all the same. Do you agree with me on that? Hundred uh, percent. Um, there's a distinct lack of a Kurt Angle esque character or a, yeah. a Benoit, a Guerrero, a Jericho. Jericho. Yes, that kind of a guy that can yeah. actually wrestle. When Devo Brown is the best wrestler on the card, there is problems. And you know, when I say stuff like the best wrestler, I mean can actually do moves like. Yeah. Obviously. And best performance yeah. on the night. Well, the that best regard. performance on the night was Stone Cold, because yeah, no, I mean, I mean, and the yeah, rest so in the in terms that's of that's yeah. yeah. So <laughs> before I get heat from uh, wherever you post this, Austin <laughs> is the best wrestler of all time. That's just fact, absolute. Well, maybe Ric Flair, but in terms of ah, uh, in, in terms of drawing power, in yeah. terms of is is he the yeah. best actual wrestler? No, Absolutely is he fuck? Not. He can. He, he, no. he punch kick, punch kick stomp, punch kick stomp, Lutez yeah. press stunner. But it worked. It absolutely worked. Uh, listen, like if it's, it's over, over, yeah, absolutely. You know, My... yeah, and you know, people, people, people say that all the time. And like, this is the thing about this era because people berate WWE for the way they treated women, for the way they would treat certain stars, mm-hmm. and, and the, the, the ridiculous things they would do. See if it got a reaction, yep. and see if it was. Look, don't get me wrong. There was stuff that of wasn't course. over. There was stuff that they did that fell yep. flat in the pan. But they they dared to they dared to do it and a lot of the stuff got over and got over big and made them a ton of money and it was really the reason they beat WCW in the end and the reason that the only big couple well, I don't know what about but they're the they are the wrestling company yeah, in the world absolutely. right now. So and my problem with that issue there is that it is looked back in roast tinted glasses because see see when people say they like the attitude there they don't actually mean that. What they mean is I like Stone Cold, I like The Rock and I like Triple H. And I like the Hardy Boys yeah. edition and stuff like that. To say that you like the attitude there, it means that you like fucking dog kennel matches between uh, yeah. fucking Bossman and Shamrock. Saying you like the attitude there is watching bullshit like fucking Outlaws versus LOD 2000. Saying you like the attitude there is saying that you are fine with women getting objectified in the ring. Don't get me wrong, Sable, very nice looking and that's incredible. But that's why the Ruthless Aggression era is more fondly remembered because people fucking wrestled in it. They produced the yep. storylines, they produced the characters, but it actually had wrestling. It's in the fucking name of the company. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things as well, right? When you, when you look at back, I mean, the highs of the Attitude Era were phenomenally high. You know, like yeah. you're 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 on the moon. Yeah, minus, you know, minus but the lows yeah. were bottom oh, of the ocean. The... You know what I mean? But I mean nowadays I mean nowadays we're talking top of the Empire State Building near the bottom. That's yeah. that's the range we have nowadays. The bad right, they're bad, but they ain't no. that bad. And the highs they're great, but no. they're not that great. But, but like and that Rufus Aggression era, it really did boost I mean that was that's what that's always my era, but I always say that's yeah. that's the best because I had everything yeah. in there. The badge of the attitude era, you would be embarrassed to say that you're a wrestling fan. If a non wrestling yeah. fan had to walk in and while you were watching some of that shit, you'd be embarrassed. If, if I was watching that that Sable um, evening gown match, 
and somebody in my yeah. household yeah, would be wandering. Yeah. They'd be like, well, "What the because fuck?" Because you'd look over your shoulder, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would. Ah, you'd be shutting yeah, the door and exactly. turn the volume down. Like, there's no question. <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those ones. You'd be going in um, incognito mode. All that all that business. <laughs> I have to have the remote and the, the power button ready just in case. It's uh, it really is like that. You know, and there's a lot of stuff. Not not just obviously the evening gown stuff, but I mean, you talk about your, your, that that gold dust thing you were mm. talking about there. You know, imagine walking him, him and he's on all fours with a ball yeah. gag in his mouth. You know, I think you have to be. Oh, this is wrestling, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that as yeah, dirty exactly. bastard. You know, exactly. um, so the, the show gets a C minus for me. Yeah, I'll match you on that one. Uh, overall, it was a C minus yep. for me. Uh, the opening match was the best thing this people you had to offer uh, by a mile, and that's and that's horrible, horrible to say. Uh, but the Rock was in it, so fair enough. Uh, the yep. European title match was very disappointing and underwhelming. That's why the rating was so low. Not so much because of the trash that surrounded it, it's because that was so much of a disappointment. That... Yeah, and I have to say as well, just 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 to butt in a wee bit, man. The, the stuff that was the matches that were bad were not terrible. They just weren't good. Nothing happened. They were like you know, they were, they, yeah. they passed. Nothing, they were okay, but yeah, you could do you, nothing. Nothing, happened, nothing, nothing happened, advanced right? any kind of storylines. Uh, the NWA segment was uh, absolute trash. Um, the evening gown match was dreadful, but Sable's tits are incredible, so that gets a pass. <laughs> that gets a pass. Uh, <laughs> the LOD match was unbearable. Uh, genuinely killed my passion for wrestling. Um, the Inferno match was a nice spectacle. Um, I don't think it was executed very well in ring, but they were limited to what they can do, so fair enough. Uh, the main event was trash. Um, absolute house show garbage. And... Personally, I think this worse than any WCW pay-per-view that I've made you watch for this podcast. So fuck you. I would probably <laughs> agree with that. Yeah, I, 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 I you know, I, I kind of put an argument forward for that. Um, yeah, this was pretty bad. Um, you know, we we sort of, and the thing is as well, we looked at the card and we thought, oh, this could mm-hmm. this could be quite good. You know, um, we thought, oh, these are going to match that'll be a bit, of, you know, in between funniness. Um, but LOD 2000 are on there. We've got the Outlaws, Triple H, and Own Heart. Because we always look at the card before yeah, we do our show because yeah, yeah. we think, ah, that's, that gives you plenty of talking points. But when we got into it, it just fell flat on its arse. And uh, see, see, the thing is, with the WCW shows you've given me, we've had at least one solid match. We've had one match where we're like, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was good. I really, really enjoyed that. This just didn't have that. I mean, as you said, it was a good showcase for the Inferno match. But in terms of like, a wrestling match, yeah. there was nothing really there. And for a wrestling company, I ain't no, good, man. <laughs> not at this time, uh, anyway. No, no. Um, so, that's it for Unforgiven 98. So, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, see you next week when we've re-evaluated what we're doing with our lives. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure next week's show is going to be a, a good tune. Um We're going to be covering Judgment Day 2000. Um, it will be a gimmick match. Bonanza! Um <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a colossal six-man tag match with two cool versus Team Eck or ECK Edge Christian oh Kurt Angle. Uh, a triple threat match between Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and oh Terry Saturn. I am swimming at the mouth. <laughs> a false count anywhere match between Shane O'Mac and Big Show. A submission match for the Intercontinental Championship between Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. Yes, please. A tag team tables match between the Dudleys and Road Dogg and X Pack. And finally, a colossal main event with Rock versus Triple H in a 60-minute Iron Man match. I cannot Holy wait for this one. This fuck. is actually going to be one of our this best shows. This is going shows. to be good. I, honestly, I can't wait for it. Um, that's one of the shows we've picked to, and I went, holy, there's not a match on there that I don't want to see. You may Brilliant. have just redeemed yourself for this garbage that you made me watch. 
<laughs> had to be done. Had to be done. Um, also, I thought it'd be nice to acknowledge um, that the Eddie Guerrero podcast that our fans voted for on Twitter is in the making. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that one. That we happy he nah, got picked for that Shane. one. Fuck his all. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't allowed to vote. I would have voted for Rock. So neither of us got what we wanted. Um, nah, Eddie'll be Eddie'll be brilliant but, to talk about. Absolutely fantastic to talk about. Yeah, mm. oh, I'll be fantastic. Um, and you know they know what they're doing. So um, we'll, we'll get working on that one. And we'll that, try and do one of the yeah, best wrestlers in the world. Some that might graduate. end up like a two-hour episode. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe a two-parter for that one um, but no that, that's a good thing about those episodes we'll try and do one you know once yeah. every so often it'll be monthly six weeks whatever it takes um, basically if we kind of find a show that we, we fancy doing we'll just throw that in yeah. um, but we, we quite enjoyed doing the Batista one it's been relatively well received um, and I thought you know what we'll, we'll work on another one and Guerrero was probably the perfect guy but he has such a long career it does take a while to put these together do it the justice it deserves and, and I'm sure you agree with me that we'll, we'll do our best to to give him the glory he deserves yes looking forward to it very much looking forward to it <laughs> yes. looking forward to the so, WCW mullet <laughs> oh my goodness yes yes um, we should we should we should do like a, a, wee, a wee special just on his hair doing just a wee segment um, so thanks very much for joining me once again <laughs> it's never a pleasure watching wrestling with you Mark <laughs> so until next week we'll be back with something much much better um, stay safe out there